Thank you so much for tuning in to Talk Jive Radio. I'm Kelly J. Lewis, and with me on the phone, our very special guest, Ms. Angela Chattelson McCarthy, Kiowa Tribal District Legislator in uh, District Number One. Good morning, Angela. Thank you so much for tuning or for uh, for talking to us today. I don't even know where I'm at. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. So let's get caught up on the things that are going on with the Kiowa tribe, because when you said that things were going to start moving pretty fast, you weren't kidding. No. (laughs) Um, And and there was a very rapid movement on on, uh, the KIC level, too, where a lot of the tribal citizens uh, started a recall process against the chairman. And then the legislature brought uh, impeachment proceedings against him yes it wasn't really uh as fast as you think it was um this had been in the making for some time um we had uh been aware of some things that were happening that you know we um were concerned about we kept tabs on and we had had hoped things had gotten better you know with the executive branch and as this covid uh progressed it just things seem to get worse for um for how things should operate and how things things should proceed you know with different areas and we started having a lot of issues and and then we started getting word of a lot of things that we were concerned about with the budget with the uh expenditures um money started coming in and uh we had hoped that uh, you know that we were able to work on some things with with the executive branch on the spending um, and we were including that in our budget and then boom, chairman starts working on putting his budget through, you know, and, and it was just kind of like a, a slap in the face <laughs> to us. So, you know, we had said, okay, now's the time we had already uh, drafted up, uh, sample articles of impeachment. Um, a few, I think about a couple months prior to what, when we actually did it. And uh, but in the meantime, things have been going since. Uh, well, actually, the previous uh, legislature, uh, before I came in in 2018, they had already drafted up articles of impeachment. So there was things going on from the get go, and they kind of held off on it because they had hoped things were going to change. Also, but we had noticed things as we, you know, as when I from the time that I came on, you know, of things that weren't happening like they should. And we, we had given, you know, the chairman every opportunity to correct things or to move into a positive direction with this. And things would go great for just a moment. And then boom, it would just go downhill or we would lose communication or we were denied communication with the tribe and uh, on that side. So, you know, and then the KIC too, they had been working on some things for a while they held off, but they wanted to, I guess, once we did our impeachment proceedings, uh, notification uh, to the chairman, then they issued theirs. So they wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, if ours didn't go through, because it needs a unanimous vote of the legislature during the public hearing, which will be July 23rd, then they wanted to um, push theirs forward also on the behalf of the KIC. So that's what they're working on now, from what I'm told. One of the things that I've noticed is how the KIC has mobilized. 
each of the districts that I've seen on social media, they're having meetings, they're having, um, I think I saw sign the recall and, um, they had like a, like one side was an Indian taco fundraiser and you know, the other side was like, you could go over there and sign the petition or find out about it. And I was like, well, that's, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of mobilization on the part of, of the KIC. How important was that in the decision-making process of bringing those impeachment charges? Were y'all getting a lot of pressure from your respective constituencies? Yes, we were. We were, um, to be honest, um, we were, but we had known about a lot of uh, constitutional uh, violations, and that's what concerned us. The KSC had other issues that involved um, firings of, of, you know, tribal members that they felt were uh, illegal or they weren't done uh, properly. Um, they had other concerns about the hiring practices, um, they had uh, just different different views from different tribal members. So that's where they're mobilizing. I'm not a part of that. The legislature is not a part of that. And, uh, you know, but we do see what they're doing because they are in our districts. And and they did mobilize. Uh, they, they got a lot of support, right, uh, quickly, you know, so that they could get this out to as many people. Because on their end, I believe they have to get over 1,500 uh, signatures to, to uh, put a recall election on the ballot. Um, it has to be a, a certain amount of, uh, you know, number of uh, people that uh, the election commission, you know, will need. And they have to be verified. So I think they're going to go above and beyond to get those signatures. Well, it really seems like it because it's like I said, they're, they're really, um, they're motivated and, and you can tell, um, yes. let's shift gears a little bit and talk about, um, just really in general, what's going on at the complex. Is there a working tax commission yet? They, I, from what I'm uh, getting, as far as I get some of the memos, they're trying to get that established. It, you know, I, I, you know, I don't understand why we didn't have a better plan. We have a planning department, and there was no plan B. You know, for uh, worst case scenario, you know, if all of the employees got sick or if they had to shut down, you know, what are they going to do? In in the beginning planning meeting, I had suggested to the chairman, there's a building in Anadarko that's for rent. That's the former. Carl's Jr., it has a drive-through. Why don't you use that for the tax commission? Because that way you wouldn't have to expose yourself to anyone. They, that drive-through, you know, is a working drive-through still. The, the lady that owns it, she I had talked to her about leasing it for my office, but I didn't really feel like it was adequate. And, uh, you know, I told him how much it was for rent. You know, she wasn't going to sell it. She wanted to lease it out. So I told the executive branch, well, then they turn around and use it as a call center. They should have used it as the tax commission. That way they're away from the complex, from, from that uh, operations. They, they can, you know, deal with the public through the drive-through. But that didn't happen. Then they chose to use summer youth to help when there was only one director that was left there by herself. And uh, I, I believe they got a, a one emergency hire 
she came in and was trying to help, but they, the summer youth came in. Then last week, um, a few employees were exposed um, to some of the employees of the Apache tribe that got tested positive, and a couple employees tested positive from that situation. And one that works directly with the summer youth, he exposed them, you know, because he was positive, exposed the summer youth, which I don't feel that the summer youth should have even been brought in this summer with everything that's going on. You don't want to expose our children to, you know, uh, any of this uh, virus, even though they may be healthier than the other demographics. They're getting it more rapidly now. Well, so, and you and I had talked yeah. about that the last time that, that we spoke. And here here's one of the, the things that, that I see just optics wise. You know, mm-hmm. there was a huge press release and it was a thing all over Indian Facebook about the Wichita tribe uh, giving the Kiowa tribe PPE. I mean, yes. it was it was a, it was newsworthy. And yeah. so if there's all that PPE there, why wasn't. The sum, at least the summer youth. Forget about everybody else that's there. I mean, how come they didn't have access to that PPE? And, and and I'm with you. I mean, why were they on the front lines in the first place? Exactly, exactly. And uh, that goes back to tell uh, to show you that the people that they have in there trying to run this operation aren't qualified. They're they're um, and then they're uh, there's no planning. There's no, uh, they could have received, uh, I mean, they could have, you know, bought other PPE for, for our people. There's no reason why they should have received that from the Wichita tribe. The Wichita tribe, you know, needed to give that to the, the public, not the uh, Kiowas, because the Kiowas got more money than the Wichitas did. But right now, we have an injunction on the chairman and the executive branch to halt their spending because their spending. It, according to the Constitution, all sources of revenue must be included on the annual budget before it can be spent and approved by the uh, legislature and approved by the Kiowa Indian Council. So we have, you know, put our budget forth. It, it, it is late. I'll give you that. You know, that's because we were never given all sources of revenue. So as it, you know, became uh, towards the end of June, we started, you know, we said, okay, we got to include this COVID spending on here, you know, that we know that's available. So we did that. We presented the budget to the election commission on July the 1st. Now we're getting pushback from the election commission. They don't want to put our budget on the ballot. They've already put the chairman's budget, which does not have the COVID spending. He sent out a letter, sent out his COVID application, spending the money, and he's not allowed to do that, but yet the election commission puts his budget forward and we're still fighting to get ours on, um, you know, that we're going to issue a letter, I believe today to the election commission that, you know, that they cannot do this. They have responded to us the other day, last week, that they want to negotiate with the election, uh, executive branch and one representative from the legislature on the budget, and there's no negotiating. We give the election commission a directive to hold a special election for the budget. They do it, but for some reason, they're 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 not doing it, and it's got that COVID money on there. We have been trying to get this COVID money to the people 
all tribal members. We've been getting, trying, trying to get it to them all this time since, uh, since it was first awarded, I believe, back in May. And they're still pushing back on us. The chairman will not allow our election to go through with this COVID money. And so, you know, our attorneys have drafted up an agreement for us to, you know, negotiate the lawsuit. And he has until today to respond. Now, if he doesn't respond, then it's just, it's a dead issue. We're, we're going to go through with our uh, lawsuit. We have a hearing on the 21st. It was supposed to be on the 6th. But the chairman felt like he didn't have enough time to prepare for that. So they asked for more time. So that's back to the 21st. The impeachment's on the 23rd. You know, we're talking about this budget, like there's, there's two budgets, right? I mean, I'm, I'm yes. right in saying that there's two budgets. Yes. Okay. There's the chairman's budget, which he submitted to us back uh, February the 1st. But there and weren't we any COVID to, funds then? No, no COVID funds. Okay. We didn't know that this was going to be a, right. an issue. Right. Okay. And then, um, so he had his budget. Well, then he goes in, uh, well, we have 60 days to uh, do what we need to do with the legislature as far as uh, making any adjustments to their budget, adding things to it, because um, he comes in with his expenses, and then he has kind of like a wish list. We need to get these things added in. You know, so we look at it, and we go, you know, we, we decide, well, we have a committee, and we decide, well, are we going to do this? You know, is there funding for this? Do, do, do they need more money in this area? You know, they didn't put enough money in social services. You know, this project can hold hold off for now. You know, we do that type of thing. Well, <clears throat> we were waiting for the gaming revenue, and we had our our treasurer, George Carter, had just left. And then, uh, then we got a new CFO um, in March, and we were waiting. And then by April the 1st, we still hadn't received anything. So there was nothing we could do with the with the budget. We kept issuing letters to the treasurer at the time. Uh, got switched over to from George Carter to um, Ernest Redbird, and you know their their answer was, "Oh well, this is all we've received. We don't we don't have any more." But we knew that there was more revenue, but we didn't have a you know COO at the uh, casino. We just had a new CFO that was hired. And he was working on finding out where all the money was. And so we were waiting. Well, when June came, you know, the chairman said, well, I'm just going to issue my budget. You know, he, he wanted to throw his budget in there, knowing that by July the 1st, I think it, there was a time period of 10 days, July the 1st, the budget would carry over, not carry over, but it would continue as the previous year's budget, which is the budget we, we were currently in in June. And <clears throat> so... When our budget would be technically presented, um, ours would have the COVID spending. And then basically the chairman was throwing away the money for the expense of the election, which was approximately $50,000. And we had stated, you know, why is he trying to uh, waste this money when the, the budget's just going to go back to what the current budget year is? And then, you know, we're going to issue our budget you know why why are they going to waste that money and then his money doesn't even i mean his budget doesn't include all the funds all the money that we're going to be receiving <clears throat> but the election commission told us the chairman burnett he told us 
he said, I can't get involved. I just have to put it through. When I receive the budget, I just have to put it through the elections. I don't play politics. Well, here comes our budget. We get, we put it through, you know, we waited. We had to wait 10 days. When we, when we approved the budget as, as it was with the COVID funds, we send it to the chairman and the chairman has 10 days to respond. Uh, he, he can either veto it and send it back to us. Then we will call a special uh, session to override his veto. And then if he, if he approves it, then it goes straight to the election commission. Well, if he does nothing with it, then after 10 days, then it automatically will go to, to the election commission. So we had to wait those 10 days. Well, we thought, well, the budget, you know, is going, it was just a, a matter of just a few days till the first. So we thought, well, we'll just wait till the first and submit it. That way we'll be, the current budget year will be behind us and then we'll, we can push this on as a new budget. Because we didn't want to send it as a budget modification because we knew we had more money coming in and we can only get two budget modifications a year. And we didn't want to use one of those right off the bat. So we waited till July 1st and we submitted it to the uh, letter to the election commission and to, uh, to the chairman. We gave him copies of everything, hand carried it. And uh, so they got it. Well, now we're, you know, they're not allowing us to do the election for some reason. And I've requested that information and we're still not getting any answers. All, the only answer we got was they want to meet with what your lawyer your uh, one representative from your legislature and one from the executive branch. And, and we've never had to do that. So that was ridiculous. We, we you know, so it, we're going to deal with that. And we may have to have a, an injunction on the chairman's election. And right now he's pretty much losing it because a lot of people are uh, voting no on that budget. So I think that's not going to pass. Well, um, and I was going to say now, the, and here's the confusion to me. Like, are these budgets, like, dependent upon each other? Like, if one passes, you know you know what I mean? They both have to pass because is there some kind, like, is that a modification? Like, didn't y'all just have a budget modification and now this is another well, one? Well, we did for last year's budget, yes, because we received that $6 million that they were, that, you know, everyone was upset about. Um, that, that was for last year's budget. This year, since we're in a new year, let's say, okay, the chairman's budget has been put through first by the executive, uh, by the election commission. So let's say the chairman's budget does pass and ours comes, our, we get our budget on the ballot and it comes afterwards, then ours would be considered a modification of his budget. That's if they both pass. Now, if his fails, then and ours goes through to a, a ballot and ours would be the budget. It would be the annual budget. So that's how, how that would work, you know. But it's to me, it's a waste of money. He could have saved that 50000 and did a big food distribution to everybody or, you know, saved it, you know, got everybody air conditioners or something, you know, to help the tribe. It, it, to me, it's just, it's ridiculous that that, you know, that that, that money was spent that way because basically what we're going to probably end up doing is filing an injunction on that, on his election and, you know, stopping it. And we already have an injunction on the spending, you know, so that's, 
two things. We've got the impeachment, and it's all compounding, you know, here this month. We're trying to get this resolved so that, you know, we can get the money to the people as quickly as possible, you know, because, you know, we're going to, you know, uh, what we, we've put on there, the $1,000 disbursement for every tribal member, and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're coming at us that, well, it needs to be, uh, we can't do a per capita disbursement. It's not a per cap. It's economic relief. And, you know, we, and it, they can use it for, to purchase their own protection, you know, to come up, you know, uh, that for any new, you know, spikes in uh, cases. We're, we're starting to get a lot of tribal members that are testing positive. And it's scary because before it was none. It was maybe one. And then all of a sudden, it you know, people, we're hearing about it all the time now. So it's, it's you know, it's out there. It's in our community. And, you know, we, uh, you know, feel like, you know, the money needs to be put in, you know, places where, you know, it's going to help the people. But if they're not helping the people, then this is the way it has to be done. You know, we, we're just going to have to allocate the money, let the people get the things for themselves, get it as they need it. Plus, they've already, you know, paid money for high food prices, high utility costs. People have, you know, had lost their places because they couldn't pay their rent. There's different things that they've already had to do. And and they can do a state, you know, statement attesting to those things. It doesn't have to be a, you know, big drawn out uh, issue, you know, saying, you know, it's just a straight disbursement. No, everybody's been affected. Well, and here's the thing too. I mean, I hope it's not a completely difficult process. Like with Pawnee Nation, they sent us a paper. Have you been affected by COVID? Yes or no. They sent us a self-addressed stamped envelope. And there you have it. Fill, fill it mm-hmm. out with your, with your tribal role number and information and send it back. Mm-hmm. Easy. You know, yes. and I don't think that having an unnecessarily difficult application process or some kind of, hey, prove you need this is even really appropriate right now, especially with those funds. Yes. Well, and they keep issuing out these um, statements from the uh, Bureau of Indian Affairs. Uh, that was yesterday about, uh, uh, I guess, the guidelines for disbursement. Um, the U.S. Treasury, you know, they left it up to the tribes to decide, you know, if uh, pay, economic relief payments are adequate. But it has to be based on certain things. And we understand that. We agree with that. We, we've have, have that put on a, on a one-page application form. And, you know, people can sign it, notarize it. You know, I attest that I was affected due to the coronavirus, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, put you know, we'll put the words in there that will satisfy all those requirements. So just get the help to the people. Just get it to them. You know, if you're not going to help them, if you're going to make it difficult, if you're going to ask for, you know, their uh, all of their income, you know, everything in their household that, you know, that they receive, those are, you know, things that, and then it's up to them, their committee to approve, approve this application, that one, you know, that's unnecessary, you know, and then we're hearing people are being denied, only given so much, you know, it's, 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 it's very, uh, arbitrary sounds like, (laughs) yeah. And it's, it's disturbing, you know, that they have that power over the, you know, people, it's like dangling something over them and making them beg for it. 
you know, we do not feel that our people have to do that. They've already been through enough. You know, they're already suffering. I mean, there's people that, you know, they're three family families are in one home. You know, this money may help them get out and get on their feet, you know, and get get to their own place. You know, homeless people, they, they need that, you know, money to, you know, to get somewhere, you know, get some help, get some clothing, get some things they need. You know, some people that live in hotels, you know, that's very expensive, but they have to live week to week or day to day, you know, and, and that's, you know, they need that help, you know, and it, it's very uh, important. And it's when you got people that's over here that's in control and they're not letting go of that, you know, it, it, it makes us upset because we're fighting for our people and, you know, we're trying to do this, but yet the leader of our tribe is not, you know, being compassionate. And it's only, you know, here and there and it's it's who he picks and chooses. No, you don't do that. You got fourteen thousand. No, oh, they said they had fourteen thousand. We've got eleven thousand <laughs> tribal members that you know that need help. You know, are you gonna you know go and and you know help every single tribal member you can, or are you gonna just pick and choose the ones you that can come into your office or come find you, you know, at your home or wherever here in Anadarko? You got people all over this world that are Kiowa that need help you know, in some form. So that's what we're, you know, pushing for. Um, with our last couple of minutes, I want to ask, has the legislature or the executive branch put out any kind of mandate for masks or any kind of, you know, just basic uh, planning for that? Or is is that just something that's not going to be offered and everybody's got to go home? Or how is that going to work here in the upcoming weeks? No, they just do it for the complex. They just do it for themselves, for their operations. That that seems to be all that they're concerned about. You know, they could be, they could have, uh, they could distribute, have, you know, go and distribute things to the communities. Those are things that we thought that they were going to use that money for is to provide, you know, uh, things for each district, um, you know, maybe uh, improve the the district offices or, or have community buildings, you know, uh, available or mobile units and things like that, you know, to help our people go, especially the ones that don't have vehicles that, that need to be tested. You know, maybe they need to um, drive out to them and do the tests. You know, those are things that are very important to us. And, you know, they haven't done any of that. But didn't they just test the employees? I mean, how hard would it have been to say, okay, tribal members, you know, even if you're not mm-hmm. an employee here? I mean, and, and that's why I'm asking, is, is there any kind of even just say, hey, you have to wear a mask here? I mean, has that even been stated by any of the branches? Or, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Has anything been yeah. done? Yeah, well, our branch district offices, we have masks available. We have the the thermal testing of the temperatures. And, uh, you know, so they do that when people come into their offices. They do that at the complex, but um, they don't do any other distribution. You know, they don't, they don't require that or not require, but, you know, education. You know, all, all that was done the other day was that they had uh, testing for the employees. And if you were non-employed, it was $60 and you had to go get your test somewhere else. 
I mean, they made a consideration for the summer youth and tested them. But, I mean, you're sitting on $19 million. How hard is it to test your people? You know, <laughs> it's just, it makes no sense. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's shocking, especially, you know, that if it would have just been regular employees being exposed because of another employee, that's kind of expected, right? Especially when there's mm-hmm. no mandate to, you have to wear a mask and you have to wear gloves and you have to do all this, right? If out, outside of, of that leadership, you're going to get exposed because there's people who just flat out won't wear masks. But mm-hmm. these are young people. These are like summer youth workers who, you know what I mean? You would think at the very least they would have the masks available. Well, I'm sure I don't, I'm not sure if they did or if they didn't. I wasn't over there during that process. I, I'm hoping they did, and they had gloves. But at the same time, you know, uh, you just never know once they leave the property. You know, yeah. they can do whatever they want. Um, but it seems like it would be encouraging that the administration would would uh, emphasize. You know, you go somewhere, you make sure you're, you know, you're an essential employee. You need to be protected you, because when you leave here you can get exposed and bring it back to your, you know, back, back to wherever you're stationed at, at work. Because that's how it was in the beginning. You know, we were um, mandated to stay at home. Um, there was no travel. There was no um, coming to the offices. The district offices were closed. And, you know, we, we had to, uh, you know, make sure that, you know, we weren't exposed to anything. We were in se- essential employees. And, uh, but now it, everything's just kind of so loosely done. The, 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 I guess the pressure of that kind of went away when they, these communities started, you know, reopening and, uh, phase one, phase two. Now I think we're almost to a phase three, which is complete, you know, opening. Uh, but that, that kind of, I think was done too soon. Yeah, I think so, too. Well, Angela Chattelson McCarthy, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk to us and kind of catch us up on everything that's going on. I know your Kiowa tribal members appreciate that um, because, you know, there's the the communication. Anytime the lines of communication are open, I think it, it does great things for the leadership and for the citizens. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Oh, you're welcome. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, make sure that you stay with us. We're Indigenous, we're independent, and we are Talk Dive Radio.